Welcome to episode four of the Trap Turnover Podcast. It's been really fun so far. It's been a little bit since we did our last one. Um, mm-hmm. It's been like a week, not too long. Yeah. We did like our first three in the matter of like a couple, like a few days, it felt like. It was just so much yeah. fun. But we took a little yeah. bit of time. We got some good topics today. Um, we have a really good topic. That's why it takes so long because we had to fully develop our thoughts on um the rap topic for today exactly we got a juicy one we talked about it a bit last episode so you probably know what's coming but um Mm -hmm. before we get started just want to say thanks for all the continued 120 total listeners right now so that's really hype we just hit triple digits um so yeah tell all of your friends about it we're trying to get even more for this episode because it's going to be a good one so yeah yeah (laughs) This one's for the people. We got we got the DM. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. We're answering a DM in in the rap part. So this one's for y'all. This is so. from this is a personal request from a listener. So yeah, keep keep feeding us yeah. those suggestions, we need, man. It needs it helps us a lot with figuring out what we want to talk about. For sure. Um, and it's just fun to get you guys involved. So absolutely. Yeah. Okay, man. Well, this last time we started with rap and then went to NBA. So we're going to just kind of flip them mm-hmm. off. We might do that every episode, just kind of go back and forth, start with rap yeah. or basketball. But we're starting with basketball today. Um, mm-hmm. It's been like a week or something, right, since the finals ended, right? Mm, so, yeah, maybe if not longer. No, I, I, yeah, it was a week, I, a week I, ago. I don't, I don't know, a little bit. Um, there's not the whole NBA thing. It's going to be a little bit harder now since we don't have an active season going on. But, man, mm-hmm. there's so much stuff to still talk about in basketball. And today we're kind of – throwing it back a little bit and we're going to be talking a little bit talking about um eras and some of the old all-time greats and some of the newer greats and just kind of comparing like yes. how is it different so i feel like what's a good like yeah. icebreaker question to get this started i feel like is um i mean i think go ahead i think one of the biggest things is people try to compare are this generation of hoopers to, you know, previous generations. And there's always the arguments of um, everyone played different back then. Mm. The game was a lot rougher. The game was a lot softer, whatever. So it's kind of, I guess one of the main questions to start everything off is, can we really compare these generations accurately? And if we can, how so? Yeah, man, that's that's a tough one. I feel like in some ways, so, yes, but like not real. It's really hard because it's so it's so much different back then. You have like you see all those mm-hmm. memes of people saying like Will Chamberlain played against a bunch of like plumbers and stuff like. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that. I don't know, just stuff like that. And that's not to disrespect mm-hmm. that old era, but like, can we agree mm-hmm. that at least like the overall level of talent and athleticism is just better today? Or is that a it's unmatched? Yeah, today. that's why I feel like it's fair to say that. And now that's not just that's mm-hmm. not to discredit the old players because they paved the way, you know. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think one could almost argue. I mean, I don't I don't know this for sure, but they could have been. I mean, back then, I, I'll talk. I'll say like twenty plus years ago. Right. Like you could, someone could argue that the players were a lot rougher and mm-hmm. scrappier maybe i think that's very valid that, that's back that, when like hand checking was allowed and like 
I don't think it was as like strict mm-hmm. the rules and whatnot. So yeah. it's interesting. But that's that's not to say that that would be all the skill and athleticism that we have today. So yeah. I don't it's just it, it's hard to say, you know. It really is, man. Because it the game has evolved so much. It's just so much different today. With mm-hmm. especially with how three point shooting has changed and how it that's like the go to shot nowadays. It's just it's yeah. really crazy, honestly. I mean, like the only way that we could really have a um accurate discussion about this is if we yeah. had someone that's seen both, like like right. like an NBA coach, someone who's been really focused yeah. on basketball for a long time. Mm-hmm. So I think they ha- they would have the best kind of answers for us, but I mean we're yeah. just no, we're twenty something year olds, so it's like it's <laughs> we know nothing in the grand scheme. Yeah, of things, we really don't. And it makes it a lot harder that like that there's not as much footage of basketball from the '60s. Like you can find right. some highlights of like Wilt or Bill Russell and whatnot, but like I don't think there's even footage of uh, Wilt's 100 point game. I could be tripping, but I don't know. I don't even know. I always hear all these like stories about some of the stuff those players did, but there's no footage of it. So it's really hard to like mm-hmm. grasp, grasp my head around that. I don't know. It's just, yeah, yeah I don't know. I um, mean, nowadays you can Google highlights from basically any game from any the last player. like 10 years. I would, I would <laughs> yeah. say you can find like so. more, more, there's probably more Mario has owned highlights in there as well. You know, like <laughs> that's true. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> but here's a question though. Where do you yeah. think, where do you think like Wilt and Bill Russell would rank in terms of like all time players? Like not obviously, if you look at achievements and accolades, they're up there because I mean Bill mm-hmm. Russell having rings and Wilt average fifty a game or whatever. Like by yeah. those means, they're like the best of all time. But like disregarding that and just looking at their games and if they were to play today, where do you think they'd rank all time? I mean, just like you said, just by looking at their achievements. And yeah. the thing is, is with looking at their achievements, you 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 can't compare them to how attainable they would be this in this generation. Exactly. You know, uh, um, like like for example, like how Wilt would get all these boards and blocks and stuff. I mean, yeah, you can't you can't really like you can't judge how that would happen in today's it's, era because we have some really insanely genetically impossible centers no like kidding. like you know what i'm saying like like mm-hmm. like we, i mean it's it's hard to say i i really it, can't yeah. even answer it it really is like an impossible question to ask i feel like there's not like it's hard to it's just so subjective like a lot of people would be like mm-hmm. Oh, they'd be some of the best of all time, even if they played today. And then there's some mm-hmm. people who are like, they wouldn't be even average players today, which I, it's so hard right. to know. It's a, it really is an impossible question to answer. And it's kind mm-hmm. of a bummer. Like, we can't see those types of players in this era. But I, I think, know. yeah, I don't know. But one I thing mean, is you really, you really have to know the game from both eras, from back then and present. No kidding. We'll have to like find like a, old grandpa or somebody who's watched both eras have them on the podcast (laughs) have them break it down (laughs) we don't even know but it's just interesting to see because it's crazy seeing their stats like them Mm -hmm. dropping like averaging like 20 rebounds a game and stuff and then one player gets 20 rebounds in this era 
and that's like a crazy thing. So like, mm-hmm. I think it's safe to say they wouldn't average those stats today, right? But yeah, to say that they I wouldn't would that. still be some of the best players in the league, that's up for debate, right? Like Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah, I mean, they. I would. I would easily say they would. They would do great in today's oh, league. Yeah. I mean, they'd obviously have to adjust their game a little bit. Mm-hmm. But like, if if Wilt Chamberlain was in a time machine and he. Yeah. came from the peak of his career back then to right now if he joined the league yeah he'd be crazy he would have to develop ball handling a lot more i i would True. feel like because i mean yeah no everyone's doubt. huge in the nba now mm-hmm. the, the average height's what like six seven it's gotta like be something like that yeah it's up there and i don't i mean i don't quote me i, I don't know what the average height was back then not mm-hmm. that that super matters but i'm just saying for for scale you know it's like yeah you got to consider a lot of things to be able to compare mm-hmm. and like old generation no players now yeah looking at like just his build like he's like a seven footer and he was supposed to be according mm-hmm. to like legends or whatever he's supposed to be insanely athletic for being that size so like if all that's true yeah. there's no doubt he would adjust to this game's athleticism but like mm-hmm. it's crazy because he would have to work on a lot of his offense in different regards. Cause like centers are stretching the floor now hitting threes. Like he would have to at least get like a good mid range. Oh yeah. Threes, you know, but we got, I mean, we got centers like, taking the ball down the court these days. Exactly. Like bam, it's crazy. But then I guess then again, there's Rudy Gobert who can't, he's kind of like a old style type player. He doesn't really shoot. Yeah. He's still thriving. Mm-hmm. In era, so he'd mm-hmm. probably be that type of player. If not better, honestly. But and I mean, I, I, I'd be willing to bet that, you know, guys like Wilt did take the ball down the court every now and then <laughs> probably just because, yeah. of, you know, you, th- I would compare him to like LeBron right now. He was probably the goat during his time <laughs> yeah. when he just was in the league. A bunch of scrubs, I mean, yeah. if you've got the goat on your team, you're not going to be screaming at him to pass the ball to you and take <laughs> yeah. it down the court. If you're the point guard, you know, he, he'll, he'll do what he needs to, you know, he's, He's the top yeah. dog in the league, so that's that's a good that's, point. I mean, I mean, he scored a hundred in a game, so like you have to yeah, think. That's, there's times where he just dribbled it coast to coast and dunked on some dude. Like mm-hmm. that's just insane. Regardless of era, you have to give him props to some of the stats he put up because it's got yeah, no disrespect at all. I would never throw shade at no. anyone back then who has these crazy stats because yeah. I, I mean, I really don't know. Exactly. I really don't know how it was back then. If they were grinding for these buckets as hard as the guys do in these days, I mean, shoot, mm-hmm. congratulations! You know that's that's <laughs> insane. That's crazy. But no, I no I just don't know. It's tough. Another thing, like I saw someone say this once, and I, I didn't, I never knew this, but they used to not even record blocks, like until like I don't know when, but like mm-hmm. during like the prime of Wilt's career, I don't think they were keeping track of blocks. So that dude really? would probably have so many quadruple doubles. Like, like I think I, I remember seeing like that. people said, although they didn't record blocks, people were like, I think he had like a 20 block game or something crazy like that. Oh my gosh. It does not shock me. I mean, nobody quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure I remember hearing something about that. No, I think you're right. It would not shock me, you know? There's like one recorded quadruple double, right? I think there's one. Wait, who? I know who had it. I know there's one uh, that I know of is Tim Duncan had like 
one, but they didn't count one of the blocks for some reason, but I heard it was actually legit and he got robbed, kind of. That's the only one I've heard of. I know there's somebody else who got like a legit one. I don't know who though. But I'd have to Google crazy. it later. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm sure Wilt would have a lot of them. But then that's just like the the era of like the sixties, right? Like the old, yeah. old era. How about mm-hmm. like you know, seventies, eighties, and nineties? Because that's where the game starts to evolve a little bit more. I feel like maybe the nineties specifically is like a lot of people compare that era to today's because there's a whole mm-hmm. LeBron, Kobe versus Jordan type thing, right? Yeah. And they're obviously in different eras. So like, how do you think the nineties compares to like today? I era? think you can compare the nineties to present a lot easier. Yeah. Um, it's definitely not a perfect comparison. No. I mean, I could think of a couple of things off the top of my head that are different, but I, I do think that, I mean, it's definitely easier than comparing it to basketball in the yeah, 60s. Exactly, man. I and think one th- one thing to take note of specifically is um, the amount of I, – I feel like players nowadays are a lot more offensively skilled. Like I feel yeah. like there's a lot more guys that could not necessarily play the point guard position, but – not consistently fumble the ball when they get it mm-hmm. and panic as much. I feel like we have a lot more of those guys than there was back then in maybe nineties or eighties. But no, that's I'm not to say that's agree. not to say the offense back then wasn't crazy. I mean, you had guys like, uh, shoot, I'm what's his name? Like John Stockton and yeah. uh, Jason Kidd. Oh. Yeah, I think he was two thousand. Although, yeah. Yeah, no, I got you. But I think he was in the 90s, but too. But no, I 100% agree. Like, I think the overall offensive talent is at an all-time high right now. But that doesn't necessarily yeah. mean, like, every player in today's era is better than the 90s. Like, it definitely does not mean that, right? Mm-hmm. I think the 90s was way more physical. Like, we talked about that a little bit ago, how people say, like, the old eras are a lot more mm-hmm. physical. But, like, I'm pretty sure that was when hand checking was still a thing. And you have like the bad boy Pistons. I guess they're like the late eighties, but still there's teams like that who will just murder you. Right. Like it's Mm -hmm. definitely a lot different, but did you see, did you see the ESPN 30 for 30 on the bad boys? No, I did not. It was on Netflix for a while. It was really interesting. Really? I've heard so much about them. Like I definitely, I definitely need to check that out. That definitely interests me, but it's crazy the way they just bullied these all stars <laughs> and like that they just wreaked havoc, you know. That's that was their mm-hmm. thing, is they were just they're mean, they played dirty, and yeah. as a fan, that's super fun to watch, in my opinion. I feel like that'd be <laughs> a lot, of, it's I, entertaining. Yeah. I would almost yeah. say it's a lot more fun to watch. Yeah. Because like you're seeing these guys drive to the lane, and then you've got the bad boys on defense down on the block, just throwing up elbows and knocking <laughs> guys face. flat onto their butts. Like <laughs> it's awesome, dude. No, that is probably so exciting. I bet like their fan base is probably so toxic, and like, but also it'd be fun to be a fan of that team. But I bet everybody hated them. Like, oh yeah, and there's just like I think it was like Isaiah Thomas was their their point guard, right? I yeah, think it was like OG mm-hmm. Thomas. I think I heard like him and Jordan were kind of, were kind of like rivals, I guess. And I heard some stories. Oh yeah, I think it was Jordan's first All Star game, 
Isaiah, like, and all the other veterans, like, <laughs> agreed, like, not to give Jordan the ball, like, the whole game. I think <laughs> I don't remember how the story ended or, like, if, if they did it the whole game, but I just know, like, initially – they just did not want to pass him the ball at all because he was just some annoying young player they didn't like. So it's just. Did you watch the last dance, dude? I watched like one episode of it. I need to watch. Oh, all of it. Man, I, I you gotta I watch it. A basketball fan and have not watched it. <laughs> you gotta watch it. It it's really? insane. Like you, like literally what you were just talking about, Jordan and mm-hmm. um, Thomas's rivalry. It yeah. was that was one of the biggest rivalries like ever. Because really? I mean, according uh, according to um, what's his name, Isaiah Thomas, you know, like he he said, and the stats showed it too. He was a really really good player, and he yeah. was he was their point guard, right? Mm-hmm. Their point yeah. Guard, yeah, I mean, he was a really good point guard, and every time him and Jordan went against each other, Jordan took it personally as he always says and yeah it was just it was a bloodbath between those two but they the documentary really, really highlights that a lot they had a couple episodes mm. on it so yeah i think yeah, rivalries watch. is one thing to note too i think like players would take it more personal back then like there's rivalries today obviously but i feel like there's nothing like that level right or like teams generally I don't just think so each other and like would just go at each other like some people call this league softer. Um, I feel like yeah, that's not necessarily even a bad thing, but I feel like we can all agree it probably is a bit softer. But do you sure think it's probably a little less entertaining, but it's still good? What were yeah. you saying? Do you think social media has anything to do with that? I mean, it's kind of oh on the other end of the spectrum almost, but like I kind of feel like it might have a play a part because mm-hmm. I feel like if social media was as popular as it was back then. We, you would think that a lot of these players would just be trashing on everyone on Twitter. <laughs> like, be- imagine Jordan versus Isaiah Thomas on Twitter. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I've heard people make that point before. Like, if social media was in the 90s, like, imagine Jordan would be, mm-hmm. <laughs> you'd have to imagine that dude would be just all over, right? Like, that's yeah. a really good point. It would probably be crazy. Yeah, I feel like it with today's game and how social media affects it like you don't mm-hmm. i mean we still get it a lot a lot you know you see lillard calling people out and stuff which i <laughs> yeah. love it's amazing um, <laughs> but you see him calling out people like oh who is he who is he talking to uh paul george yeah like that you like you remember that little time frame yeah. there's like a <laughs> week or two where they're just going back and forth on twitter yeah man like that went from something that was super light hard like yeah it would have been it would have got escalated so badly if this was in the 90s because like just that like i don't think dame and paul george actually have any like hatred or malice towards each other i think it's just all like just out of competitive like rivalry but eventually yeah. i heard that like it ended up getting to the point where like damien's sister got into it with like paul george's wife or something like their their family <laughs> were getting into it and i think at that point i heard that damien and paul george got on the phone and there's like they were just they're like cool now but apparently they're both just like they both had to tell like their own respective family members to chill out like it's just basketball but really? they're like <laughs> serious so if this was the 90s 
somebody probably would end up shooting somebody. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely crazy. No, we end up, we'll never know. We'll never know. True. It's always hypotheticals at this point, but I guess the only thing we can really do is just watch what we can of the old era and appreciate it, you know, because it That's really has there is to do really has, you know, influence and like, just like paved the path for today's game. Just seeing how it's yeah. all, like, you got to appreciate mm-hmm. it. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that's, that's the whole sport. And that's really any sport is, is, is watching, watching these athletes continue to improve their game, not only their game, but the game as a whole. Exactly. And watching it shift and it happens in every sport. I'm sure Mm -hmm. I don't really watch any other sports other than skateboarding, but um, it it's, it's all about improvement and that's, Mm -hmm. you can compare things all you want and players and teams, but I mean, the whole thing of it is, is improving. So true. And And I feel like the league did that. A hundred percent. It's just, yeah. Even just looking at the today's game to like ten years ago, like obviously it's mm-hmm. still really similar, but like just seeing how much three point shooting's changed even in the last ten years is crazy. Like, I would say offense as a whole has has yeah, done a total flip flop. Fair man. Like, I'm just, I'm curious as to what it's gonna look like in another ten years. Like, is it mm-hmm. gonna is it gonna flatten for a bit? Like same type of thing or we can have people shooting from half court in 10 years. Like, I don't even know. You never even know, dude. Like where, okay. Where, where, what would you say? So, the, so we've seen the game change drastically offensively. You know, we got mm-hmm. these um, godly point guards and shooting guards <laughs> yeah. that would, that would wreck any point guard from the past in a one-on-one or, if they did a two on two point guards and shooting guards like we, we yeah, this yeah. generation would kill them for sure offensively so what what do you th- what do you see for the next five years for offense do you think it's there's going to be a lot more shooting or ball handling or what, what are you thinking i think it'll i don't think it's going to change as much in the next five years as it has in the last five years if you get what i'm saying yeah but i think we'll for sure just it's i think it's just going to keep turning into more of a shooters game like it already is right now, but like, I'm sure we're just gonna see more and more people's pulling up. Centers are gonna get even better at shooting, guarantee it. Mm-hmm. Like, I bet bet in like ten years, there's like if you're a center who can't shoot a three, like <laughs> you're gonna have a tough time getting on a roster. You're gonna have to yeah. be like a Rudy Gobert type player if you're gonna want to make it on a team. I feel like because just you're gonna have to be ball. totally dominant in the paint. <laughs> exactly. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, I don't think it's going to change as much in the next few years as it has the last few, just considering like yeah. how like Steph Curry and like Dame have just I would say those are two big players. Clay, just all those three point shooters, I feel like they're definitely changing the game as we speak and have already changed it, I guess. But yeah. Yeah, I think it'll still kind of continue in this direction of shooting. Um mm-hmm. but like, like I said, we'll have to see, you know. Like who knows. Yeah. <laughs> Time will tell. Exactly, man. Would you personally, would you like it to see to see players picking mm. up the three ball more? That's a good question. I mean, it's fun to watch for sure, but I kind of like watching like, I don't know. That's a good question. 
because I'm so used to that type of play style right now. It doesn't really bother me. Right. But like, it would be pretty cool to to see. You know, I, that's why I like. I really like CJ McCollum type players or like dudes who go for like mid range shots and stuff that you don't see that often. So I think it'd yeah. be cool if more people do that type of stuff, but probably won't happen mm-hmm. just with the way it's going. But mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't bother me at the same time. It is really fun to watch. You yeah, know, somebody hit three threes in a row or something, or like <laughs> it's really fun to watch yeah. players like those heat check moments where they're going off. Mm-hmm. But. I mean, it's always fun to see like old fashioned type player though. So I'm hoping there'll still be a few more players kind of like that in the league. Right so. now in the league, who who do you think I mean, give me a couple guys who you think kind of play that old fashioned ball a little yeah. bit. No, I think like obviously in terms of offensive scoring, like I said, CJ, we see mm-hmm. him just go for I mean his his ball handling and ISO plays are kind of a little more flash, uh, not real flashy, but some of it's a little more like modern looking, but just, he goes for, yeah. at the end of the day, he's just going for easy, like mid range shots and floaters and stuff like that. And that kind of, he's not like mm-hmm. a really athleticism relying player, I guess. So it's cool to see him. I'm trying to think of who else off the top of my head. Honestly, like I feel like Jimmy Butler low key. He's just a hustler. Oh, yeah. He's not much of a, he can shoot, but he's not always looking to shoot. Right. He's mm-hmm. just trying to drive to the paint and just play defense, like, and find his teammates with good passes. Like, I feel like I would say him. I know there's a few other players. I'm just blanking right now. But is there any you I think? Of? I think Jimmy Butler would play really good in the oh, 80s yeah. or 90s. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, I think like his just the way he plays, um, could really. I think he would stand out in in those two decades a lot. I mean, he he would stand out in any era. Fair, but, but no, I get what you're I saying. Think He'd be a killer. His his talents years. would be the most useful in those areas. Mm-hmm. I agree. He's definitely got like um, he also has that old head mentality. You know, he's just like yeah. just trying to win. He's super serious on the court, at least. You know, mm-hmm. like there's not a whole lot of players who are as determined yeah. as him. So that also kind of resembles like. The Kobe's and Jordans, like in terms of mentality, like he just wants to give yes. it all, you know. So that's, mm-hmm. that's a great player, yeah. a great example. Is there anybody else? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Uh, I think of Carmelo Anthony. Oh yeah, and I know what I said about him in the last episode, and I feel bad <laughs> because I, I kind of take back some of the things I said about him <laughs> because I, I mean, it's it's so funny. Literally, the next couple of days after we talked about Melo. Um, on the last right. episode, my Instagram was full of these Carmelo <laughs> highlights for no reason. It's meant to be, like, dude. Like just him hitting these game winners and all these heat checks, and him. <laughs> he was posterizing dudes, and I'd never seen it before. So I'm like, of course I see I this after I say all that crap about Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> it's the basketball gods, dude, calling you out. Now that's really, that's really funny though. But mm. I would agree. Like even in today's era, like he hasn't even really. Like he can hit threes, but he's not. He's always kind of been the same type of player. Like and you kind of got to admire yeah. that. He never really even tried yeah. to change the game that much. Like the Houston no, Rockets it, on them, they tried to like make mm-hmm. him become a spot up three point shooter, and that just no. didn't work because yeah. he's the type of player who will just you know stay the same. Speaking of Melo, oh go ahead. 
I lost it. Go ahead. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I was going to say, though, did you listen to him on uh, JJ Reddick's latest podcast? No, I didn't. I didn't know he was on it. He was on it like maybe a couple weeks ago. And I didn't even, I don't think I listened to all of it, but he kind of just talked about the, the past few years and the team, like how he was on the Thunder and kind of how that fell apart and then going on the Rockets and then getting cut, mm-hmm. just not playing basketball for like a year and then being called up to Portland. Like it's just cool. And he, he yeah. showed a lot of respect to Portland. So it makes me excited, but I'd recommend I'm listening. super glad he ended up on Portland. For sure. I was because so like, skeptical about it when, when I first heard that he was going to be on Clint. I was like, really? Carmelo Anthony? He's he like, like 40-some years old. Not really. <laughs> Dude, he's like, honestly really? helped so much, though. Yeah. He he plays a big part in our team. He really does. Like, the first month or whatever, I was still, like, skeptical skeptical because he had a couple iffy games. And it's like, is he really going to help mm-hmm. us win? But, like, I think he really proved it. He played great mm-hmm. in the bubble. like and. Even though he we did, got smacked in the good playoffs, in the there was, he had some good moments in the playoffs too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So honestly, and he's, he's, so he's just fun to watch. I would say too. For sure, man. No, there's like he's a one of a kind player. That's for sure. Like in today's mm-hmm. league. Yeah. Um, he, he, he when, he, when he gets in his spot, like in the post, like he's gonna hit that turnaround fade like every time. He's he's he's, he's still one of the. I would say he's he's one of the more dominant guys in the paint as far as yeah. like mid range shots go. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would still put him at like a top ten player. Yeah. For for mid range percentage and mm-hmm. um the moves he uses to get those shots. Yeah, man. Like he's so skilled. And mm-hmm. one thing I also love is like. There will be moments where the Blazers' offense is just completely dry, and we're making all these plays. Nobody's hitting shots, and everything is falling apart. Mm-hmm. But Melo is always ready to score. Like there could be a moment yeah. where we haven't scored for like five possessions in a row, and instead of trying to come up with a crazy play to get somebody open for three, Dame just gives it mm-hmm. to Melo in the post. He dribbles a couple mm-hmm. times, hits a fadeaway. Like yeah. he he's always like no matter how bad or good things are going, Mel is always ready to hit, like hit those shots. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think anything phases him. Like I feel mm-hmm. like if he's missing, it's just like, I don't know, bad luck or something. Cause he's always just like, he hits, he's that guy. I don't know. He's, he's always so, been a very confident player. That's for sure. Like mm-hmm. he can just get, get those shots that you need whenever, like, it's just nice to mm-hmm. have that player. Like if things are just going badly, he's always there to score, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's exciting. I hope he, Hope he stays with us. Yeah, me too. I hope he retires with us. That'd be sick. That would be awesome, honestly. If we can somehow imagine, get him <laughs> imagine that we get this huge. I never would have thought we would have ended up with a player like Carmelo Anthony. I know, man. It's like the like one he's that... he's one of the one of the goats of the two thousands. Yeah. Like I yeah. would have disagreed with myself a week ago. <laughs> but I can say that now he's he's one of the top dogs. He was a big deal. Hey, I'm glad you admit it. No, it's for yeah. sure. Like he he was, and it's cool that it's also really cool to see that he was out of the league for a year. I thought his career was done, and I feel like in his mm-hmm. podcast with JJ Redick, he was saying he was at first he was like optimistic about him, but nobody was calling him, and then mm-hmm. he was kind of just ready to retire and like end it. 
and then he yeah. got called by the Blazers and like, but at the same time he was still training a lot. Like even though he was prepared, like ready if he had to stop playing, you know, and you mm-hmm. know retire, he was still making sure he was ready just in case the team called him. Like you just gotta respect yeah. I guess, the hustle. That's yeah, that's but, great. That's that's what the game's all about. And for him being like pretty old, being out of the league for a year, and being mm-hmm. able to come back like and do so well, like you got it's it's pretty sick. Not only come back, but he also, I would say he made a difference on the Blazers team. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a couple yeah, games where right. we wouldn't have won if we didn't have him doing what he was doing. For sure. He's come up big our, in a couple games. Yeah, exactly. Like several games. And I think we have one of the, I feel like if he leaves and joins, you know, any other team, he's not going to thrive as much as he would here. I think we're the best fit for him because we just, like I don't know. I feel like if he's on the Lakers, he would get he'd be very limited, which makes sense. Like, yeah, you wouldn't need him to score that much with the players they have. But like on the Blazers, he's always gonna you know get those shots that he wants. So I feel like it would make sense for him yeah. to want to stay here. You know. Mm-hmm. Would you, do you say that because of like you know the Lakers have LeBron and Anthony Davis? They're gonna have the ball a lot of the time. Do you do you say? he's right now he would thrive best on blazers because we really only have dame right now that's putting up big numbers i think it's partially because like i mean we have cj too but he's kind of streaky sometimes i think it's partially because like dame mm-hmm. and cj don't leave as big of an imprint as like lebron and davis do but at the same time it's just kind of with the way yeah. our offense works like i feel like terry stotts mm-hmm. chill with being able to like sacrifice i don't know sacrifice a whole possession of playmaking and looking for all these shots just to give Melo the ball to just die. So like, I feel like not a lot yeah. of teams, it, he went to the Rockets, for example, right. And they just wouldn't let him play how we wanted to like, they right. never taking those post-ups, you know, mm-hmm. but the they Blazers definitely put constraints on him. Yeah. Well, I don't think we have, he's, I think he's going to be the most free and be able to play the most like mm-hmm. true himself here. This cliche. Yeah. Is yeah, we'll see. We will see the best of Mello on the Blazers, mm-hmm. and I mean, it terms- could be it could be other teams too. I mean, other other teams that really only have like one or maybe half of a All Star. But mm-hmm. I would say right now the Blazers, just because he's been on them, he's been with us for what a season, two seasons. Yeah, uh, just one season. One season. Yeah, I mean, I thought he looked great on the Blazers. So yeah, I think the Blazers are his best fit right now. I think so too, man. And I think mm-hmm. like he hasn't really had a teammate like Dame before. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. He played with Iverson, but Iverson was old, you know, like he didn't play yeah. with prime Iverson. So I feel like in terms of like, I think Dame's the best like current teammate he's ever had, you know, like yeah, obviously for sure. overall career, whatever. That's a whole different combo, but he played with like a washed up Iverson. So to play mm-hmm. with prime Dame, I feel like it's, there's gotta be an appeal to it. And he probably, and he shows a yes. he shows a lot of respect to him. Like he talked a bit about it in the podcast, and he was saying like him and Dame have always had respect for each other. So it's cool to see them finally. Yeah. It's it is cool to see that. It, I think it benefits both players too. So mm-hmm. it's nice having him on the Blazers. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, should we shift it a little bit to our other point um, for NBA? Uh huh. Um, one thing that we talked about on the last episode that you brought up a little bit and we talked oh, about it briefly yeah. was instead of comparing LeBron to Jordan, 
comparing mm-hmm. LeBron to Magic and Kobe to Jordan. Yeah, man. Like I, somebody was, told me that, that. Like hard, right? Somebody brought that point up to me a couple weeks ago, and same thing. I was like, "It's right in front of me," but I never really thought about it. But it really is true. Mm-hmm. Like, it's 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 just so up for debate over who's the goat, who's what. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Jordan and LeBron—that's what a lot of people are comparing. They're just so different, right? Like, I still have mm-hmm. Jordan as the goat. Like I said, whole different conversation. We can have a whole podcast yeah. talking about goat debates. But I'm saying, yeah. like, it's just, it's hard to compare them, right? Because they have different play styles and they impact their teams in different ways. Like, you know, mm-hmm. Jordan was the takeover guy to just score 16 when you a game, you know? And Kobe yeah. was that guy too. LeBron uh-huh. can be that guy, but he's mostly just trying to be an all-around player who helps his whole team succeed, you know? Like, mm-hmm. example, yeah. you know, trusting Danny Green, you know, to take that three, like... I don't think Jordan or Kobe's passing that shot. They're shooting over the double team, you know? You're so right. I think LeBron is similar to Magic. That's what, I, that's what I'm saying. I think they're mm-hmm. both. I mean, first off, there's just the obvious similarities in that they're both like 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, they're basically oversized point guards, basically. Yeah. Um, And they're just pass-first players. Um, mm-hmm. LeBron's obviously way more athletic than Magic was, but... Still, yeah. same type of <laughs> same type of uh, comparison, mm-hmm. and then you have Kobe and Jordan, which like they're pretty much the same player. Like they're so Kobe similar. modeled his game off of Jordan. Exactly, he admitted it. Like mm-hmm. he, I think Jordan was who he looked up to most. You know, like so. Yeah, yeah man. I don't know. It's really the whole goat conversation is really hard, right? Um, mm-hmm. I think if we're yeah. looking players to compare to each other i think those are the ones you know because it's just their roles are different you know do you know how many rings magic had i think he had five four or five which yeah i'm, I'm looking it up right now though just to make sure um i think i think it was five i'm pretty sure i saw that recently and i always assumed he had like two or three mm-hmm. but see that he has that many rings but i'm double checking real quick yeah yeah he's got i think he's got five yeah yeah Yeah, five championships which is crazy that is crazy lakers have had so many different like eras of basketball (laughs) like the magic Johnson lakers the kobe shack lakers and now this laker team like (laughs) um they've had so many different like goat candidates on their team it's crazy but I have some really good management out in LA. <laughs> it's wild. Um, but yeah, man, I I think Magic, he's not, he's definitely not underrated, right? But I feel like not uh, enough people bring him up in, you know, in that go conversation. I'm not saying yeah. he has, I don't think he has an argument to be the best of all time, right? But I think he's top five. And I think people, a lot of people sleep on him when they're, you know, making their list. Yeah, he was phenomenal player. I mean, I've seen highlights, mm-hmm. and it's I mean that only says so much. But yeah, true. It's it, you can't you can't. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> All good. You can't. No, you, I... It's you. Can, you can compare. <sighs> <laughs> Remind me of that. I've like got meme. so many. I've got so many things. 
going on in my head. It's, so it's like that kid who's like, have you ever had a dream that you could, but <laughs> you, can't, you want, you want to, but you, you, you went and you can't, but <laughs> that's literally what I feel like right now. Uh, but it's a part of me since, I mean, we've got four players right now. We got LeBron, Magic, Kobe, and Jordan. Would, mm-hmm. I wouldn't think of anyone comparing Kobe to Magic or oh. uh, Jordan to Magic. That's I mean, what, yeah. I mean, maybe a little bit Jordan to Magic, but like, yeah, I never like, really heard of Kobe to Magic. So no. where does where does that put both of them in terms of that? Yeah, exactly. I think part of it is just people. It, the goat conversation is a fun one to have. Ooh, there's a lot of LeBron fans, and it's just fun to debate that. But yeah, I just don't think people realize mm. enough that like it's hard. It's really hard to compare those players with such different styles. But they should be looking to compare different yeah. ones, like Magic and LeBron. But I don't know. I remember I think- so vividly. It was like it was definitely junior senior year in mm-hmm. Lorenzen's class, and one of our like warm up writing things was was Jordan versus LeBron. Oh. And I don't know how she figured that, but you were so hard on Jordan. It was making a couple other guys in our class so mad. Wait, what? I can't remember, I can't remember who who you were debating against, but you were so so determined on saying Jordan was the best. I remember that. Oh, I remember I that. I feel like it was like David or someone. It was like David or Joey or something. I don't remember. <laughs> you were just yeah. you were giving them I, the works with like yeah, I remember at that, at that time I don't think LeBron I don't think LeBron had his rings with his ring yeah. with the Cavs yet. I don't even know. Yeah. I mean that would be a, a way better debate today, but back then you like you could not at that point in time. Like I'm my thing right now is like we can't say who's better until LeBron's career is over, dude. That's my thing because he just he proved that he's still capable of winning rings. He could get mm-hmm. potentially a couple more, who knows? And that's where it could be like, okay, we can finally like confidently say he might be the best of all time. But at this point, Jordan had his whole career, right? He has a legacy. Yeah. LeBron's still yeah. working on his. Like, I think we gotta wait for his mm-hmm. career to be done. And then that conversation will be easier to have. But I don't know, <laughs> but that's funny. That's, I forgot about that. I remember we were like, <laughs> yeah, that was so funny. Like I just, I just remembered that. <laughs> that's funny. Mm-hmm. So, um, one of our little bullet points is: can mm-hmm. we have a single greatest of all time, or do we need five goats for each position? Like, I, I want to say, like, we should just settle on like who's the best but like like we were saying it's really like yeah so subjective and kind of impossible to really mm-hmm. come up with that conclusion so i feel like we might just have to like settle with having a couple different goats in different regards you know like yeah and i mean one one of the things too is is one of the biggest factors can to consider with players is how much of an impact they had on the game of basketball mm. and I mean, I got yeah. I mean, by the time LeBron's done with his with his career, oh, you you gotta look at either him or Jordan. I feel like yep, for sure. I think it'll end up being like, them as just as far two. as taking the game to another level. You know. Yep, and just like 
proving that they're, I, I don't know. They both have such different stories and they both like had such different moments. Like, but at the end of the day, they both just took over their own respective leagues. Like, yeah, you have obviously you have Jordan, like two, three peats and then retiring and then coming back to the league and then winning like three more. That's already an insane story. And then you have LeBron. That's crazy. You know, winning, coming back down three, one against that, warriors team which is the mm-hmm. single-handedly might be the craziest thing in nba history i don't know <laughs> one of the craziest yeah. things and it was just so, you just love to see it if you hated the warriors mm-hmm. as much as i do back then <laughs> like yeah. that was just a good moment so like they both had different crazy stuff um mm-hmm. so yeah i think i think when it's all said and done it's just going to be those two as like the undisputed goats but then but then back to like our conversation initially about like old head players it's so tough i mean i do not have this guy as objectively like a top player of all time but like bill russell just based off of his stats and winning 11 rings like i will see people put him in their goat conversation sometimes and it's like i'm not gonna say he isn't right but it's just so hard Uh era and i he would not you know win that much in this era but that's why it's such a hard debate, man, because there's so many factors to it, whether it's mm-hmm. era, impact, stats, just different stuff. So I don't know. It's it's tough. Yeah, it is tough. We going into rap? We ready to ready to hit this rap section? Yeah, this one's a doozy. This one's heavy. I don't, honestly don't even know where to start. I guess we can start by saying what we're doing this is a review if you will even though we're mm-hmm. we're by no means you know professional music yes. producer yes I mean, we don't know anything right but this yeah. is our attempt of kind of a review maybe not even a review more of just a reaction what our mm-hmm. thoughts are on the album to pimp a butterfly by kendrick lamar um yeah. came out in 2015 still talked mm-hmm. about a bunch today um, yeah. A lot of regarded as just one of the best rap albums of recent years or even all time. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's insane. It's, it's one of the, one of the most, I guess you could say like detailed yeah. albums, almost like uh-huh. there's, there's so much behind the music. Yeah. And, his story and what what he's rapping about it's it's insane i think like see this just for this review was honestly calling myself a music fan i'm kind of ashamed to admit but it's probably like the first time i really listened to this album in depth like i've heard too. it before. last time i really even listened to it all the way was like maybe a couple of years ago so i really didn't remember much mm-hmm. other than a couple of my favorite tracks from it and whatnot but this is my first time like listening to it over and over and just hearing the lyrics and then on top of that i watched like some youtube videos of people breaking it down and like read this whole track list like explanation thing because like honestly a lot of lyrics still like probably 90 percent of the stuff went over my head so reading all these oh me too break down the tracks and be like oh that's what he meant when he said this or mm-hmm. there's, it's just mind-blowing um and it yeah. really did my perspective and i always respected kendrick as one of the top rappers, but like this definitely yes. solidifies it for me. Like he's just yes. undoubtedly one of the most talented 
artists of all time. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. um, and like, I like would, I, said, say, I would say right now he's, he's, he's got my number one spot for most talented mm -hmm. rapper right now. I, I would agree. I would put him in. I mean, I, I, I like J Cole a little bit more, yeah, but I would a, confidently say Kendrick Lamar is the most talented rapper we have as today. Diehard J Cole fan. And somebody probably overrates him too much sometimes. I mm, have to agree. And I don't even think – I'm not going to say it's not close, but at the same time, I don't think it's that close. I think Kendrick is just – I mean, J. Cole makes just great music, but if we're talking – if we're really breaking down those lyrics and the meaning mm -hmm. and power and the influence in that music, like, I think it's Kendrick, man. Like, and that's saying something considering he hasn't dropped an album or, like, that much music in the past couple of years. Like, just to see, mm -hmm. you know how he's still so influential um the, what, just, the last album he dropped was the black panther one right oh i that forgot about kind of his yeah. kind of but before kinda. that it was the, the his damn official, album damn was like his official like yeah official album and we have to review that one too because that's a very different album compared to his it other is different one. but mm -hmm. still a good one um but it's back to this one yeah, I mean, this is pretty much our first time for both of us really just giving it a listen. And it's just, mm -hmm. I would say it's probably one of those powerful works of music I've listened to. Like, yes, he's really just like rapping from the heart. Like, it sounds corny, but like, it's straight up true. It's so true. Um, And it's just like, it's kind of different. It's just different than anything he's had. Like, Good Kid, Mad City. I still need to really in-depth listen to that one mm -hmm. that one felt more like a, a story i guess this one's more of like yeah i don't even know how to explain it but so i would i would i would say um good kid mad city that's more of an a personal autobiography this yeah. one's more of him speaking on his culture yeah and his people his culture his people and just his feelings like all the just the track mm -hmm. the tracks about a lot of different stuff on it um but in a way it all connects it's pretty cool um and it's got just like some the production and just the the sample the sampling just like all sorts of different stuff about it so unique and just unlike anything i've heard before like mm -hmm. it's not it's not like your typical bouncy upbeat rap trap type music it's not it's not at all it's just not <laughs> This is not music you play at a party. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But, man, even if you're not into this type of, like, lyrical rap or anything like that, you really need to listen to this album because it's yes. just important. And it really just makes you appreciate Kendrick and just, like, everything about the album even more. And in a way, it's, it's still so... Even though it's not, like, your typical catchy music, it's still really enjoyable to listen to. And It is enjoyable. Like I said, it's just like unique. Like I feel like there's a lot of weird, like, like jazz. It feels like some of the beats are yeah. kind of like jazz influence, like funk influence. It's not just yes. like normal hip hop beats. It's just interesting. Um, it's so it's really though. it's really creative when it comes to the instrumentals. Mm -hmm. Like it's a agree. lot of it's a lot of, like you said, jazz and some kind of like. I don't know, like funky kind of music, like yeah, exactly. Those bass lines in it are like, like King Kunta. That's like that's got like mm -hmm. a funky feel, you know. Um, yeah, 
it's it's got i would say the the music's more like older style kind of kind of rap with a modern twist on um adding in like different types of hi-hats and some of the bass lines and stuff it's different the music it's like damn near perfect you know it it, is literally a work of art like it's just it really is crazy i'm excited Mm -hmm. even more because it's just made me just listening to it this past week has made me just like more into it and i just like i feel like every yes every time you listen to it you're gonna have a different takeaway Mm -hmm. you're gonna realize like a lyric you didn't really understand before so it's just interesting um yeah what would be your three favorite tracks on it just ones that you enjoyed the most Ooh, 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 ooh! i gotta pull uh let me yeah let me open up spotify (laughs) um there's there's a couple on there that are uh just they're insane songs dude Mm -hmm. Um, top three, uh, my favorite song is, um, all right. I mm. mean, I've always liked that song a lot. It's yeah, got one of my favorite flows to it. Um, second, the black or the berry. Oh, that's, that's my top three too. That's just yeah. a powerful song right there. It's, it's, uh, I watched a couple videos on it uh-huh. and just literally on the song, why a lot of people say it's one of the best songs of the decade. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, um, I like King Kuta. I mean, that's just fun. That's a fun song right there. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that song can appeal to anybody. Like I remember listening to that when I, like I didn't know a thing about Kendrick and just thinking it was catchy, but now mm-hmm. listen to it, like you hear the lyrics and like, there's just it's yeah a lot of good songs yeah i like that micah micah put me on to king Kunta. <laughs> yeah, i think same dude micah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny um i always remember micah putting king Kunta yeah, on in, in like the car or something or if he hopped on the hopped on the bluetooth yeah we'd be bopping that king <laughs> every time it's a good song honestly yeah no i think I, it really is. i'd have to Honestly, those are probably some of my favorite ones. I think mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the opening track, Wesley's Theory. Um, I just love, yes. I love the music art to it. Like I just love that weird, like the funk feel to it. Um, mm-hmm. I like the sample in the beginning. I think it's just a powerful, powerful, uplifting song. Um, yes. And I just yeah, I like his flow and the lyrics. I think it's just a, it's a fun song to listen to, and it's a really, really, really great intro to the album. And then I would have to mm-hmm. say the black or the berry, probably my second favorite. And then three yep. has got to be either institutionalized or King. Yeah. Kuta. I really liked in- yeah. institutionalized and that Snoop feature was really cool. Mm-hmm. Kendrick. That was fun. He um, has some good features on this album. Yes. I was just about to say, like, it's not a whole lot of well-known people, but like all the people that were involved just killed it um yes fun fact that i, I did not know till recently is did you know pharrell uh produced all right <laughs> uh i'd maybe heard of it once but okay, you're yeah. just bringing it back to me yeah I, I honestly did not know that till recently but 
I thought that was cool. I'm pretty sure that was his voice saying we're going to be all right. I could be wrong about that one, though. But So that's cool. Really? A lot of cool production to it and just a lot of yeah. good features. And I feel like <laughs> another song I forgot about was the final track, Mortal Man. Like that is a, mm-hmm. I think it's what I'm checking. It's literally a 12 minute long song. And I think one of the coolest parts about it, obviously, is the. Did you catch that it was Tupac on that interview? Recording? Yes, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I think that's just like that's crazy. And I, when I first listened to it, I thought it was just like him talking to his friend on the phone or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounded so authentic. So I thought that was really cool. But if you haven't, pretty yeah. much, he takes old like tupac interview and then he like replaces you know the person interviewing him and asks him questions it sounds super authentic and it's just Mm -hmm. powerful and the stuff tupac saying is just like super powerful and applicable to today and it's just it's a yes a crazy track Mm -hmm. that's um insane kind of a fun fact i i learned from my research and you might have pulled this up too is originally the album was going to be called to pimp a caterpillar really and the two was tu like tupac and pimp a caterpillars pac so that used to be that that for a while that's what he was going to call the album that's to pimp a caterpillar (laughs) i got you i did not i did not know that Mm -hmm. but yeah it's, it's and then he he changed it he said to um highlight kind of the brightness of life that's why i kind of went with butterfly that's cool just add a little bit more color to it but yeah yeah he's it was gonna be album was gonna be tupac that's so cool that's like really unique it's just overall everything about it is unique um it's it's crazy Mm -hmm. um one one kind of idea that kind of kept popping into my head as I was listening to it and watching these other people review it and digest it. Yeah. One thing that I kept kind of considering was he's kind of, he kind of portrays himself as the hoods politician almost mm-hmm. like, Just like, and I mean, I, I say that in the most non, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, exactly. rude or yeah, judgmental no. way. I mean, I I'm white. Has, so like, so. <laughs> yeah but yeah he literally does like i that's what i i think that's one of his main purposes of this album and i wrote this down is to give a voice to his people and the people yeah. that he grew up with and sticks 100%. up for and he it, did that in such an intricate way with this album you know it that's that's one of the reasons why this album is so great is because he he really dives deep into what he feels like are some political issues or what have you so mm-hmm. that's yeah it's just that- it's so authentic and just real and you can just all the tracks you can see kendrick at just different emotional levels there's ones where he's in the uplifting mood or he's angry or he's mm-hmm. sad just like and it's just powerful i don't really know how else to say it and like you said it's just really influential to you know his community and the people he he's representing so yeah it's it's insane like like uh, like you said he ch- he changes his tone too and i mean you look at a track you look at like king kunta 
mm-hmm. where it's it's a pretty upbeat song and he's he's yeah. all about you know kind of a positive vibe and you know he's still the, he's still the king he's still got the crown and stuff and then you transition over to a song like the black or the berry where he's just yeah. screaming at the mic you know he's just yeah. laying down these bars and he's mad and he's just giving it to the listener yeah, he, exactly he's got he's such a range no kidding it's crazy and then he there's those tracks uh you like the letter u and then i mm-hmm. like just like the contrast between those i don't remember which is which um but i know one he's more in like a he's he's rapping in like a self-deprecating type of way and blaming himself for a lot of things and then the other one he's in more of a uplifting type of mood i and think i is the more uplifting one I think, yeah i think so so it's it's cool um like yeah mm-hmm. just like we've been saying he's just portrays so much different emotion in it and it, it's the most authentic like it's just not yes. fake like a lot of other you know rappers you hear mm-hmm. yeah he it's he's he speaks of so much knowledge in this album it's yeah. it's insane sure. um let's see well i have one thing since since this is kind of i mean this one will probably be a no-brainer for both of us but since we're kind of doing the review type thing, what do you rank mm. this album out of 10? <laughs> I mean. Um, there's a lot of factors. I put it, I'm overall, I would put it at like a 9.4. Okay, fair. And that, that 0.6, I mean, the 9.4 is, it's, it's um taking into consideration how well the lyrics are and how well they mesh with the instrumentals and how how good his samples were and stuff like that i mean that it's that stuff is huge but Mm -hmm. that that 0.6 even though it's so minor Mm -hmm. it you don't even really think of it but it's it doesn't it doesn't bring that trap flow kind of like It's, it's not, it's not like, an album you're going to listen to with your friends and jam out in the car. I mean, there might be a couple tracks on there that you will, but mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I have like two ways of looking at it. So I mean, like, that's, it's, it wasn't the purpose of the album. It wasn't the purpose yeah, of the exactly. album. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's yeah. not what he was trying to accomplish. So mm-hmm. see if I'm rating it as like a, a work of art and just looking at it for what it is, then it's a 10, right? Cause yeah, it's got like, we just went over every reason why it's like damn near perfect album. Right. Mm-hmm. but then there's the subjective side is just how much you enjoy it and is it you know how does it make you feel type thing and that's where i kind of agree with you maybe like a nine ish or something but if i'm looking at it as yeah. just a body of work and just like trying I, to i would through, i would agree i would agree i think mm-hmm. it's a perfect like perfect album but then there's like yeah. you said like it's not something you're just gonna jam with your friends but that's that's like a personal mm-hmm. type of thing so i think there's a fine line between those two but I see what you're saying for sure. And I, agree. If, I mean, if you're looking for an album that really highlights the artist's opinions about things, then yeah. this is the best album in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like there's no other album that's going to portray how an artist feels about certain subjects. Yep. hundred percent. Like as far as presents maybe it. politics go, but yeah, like, mm-hmm. The things that he communicates are not only are they very clear, mm-hmm. um, but they 
they're just they're just so vivid almost mm -hmm. like you can literally like think of examples of what he's saying and it's that's just yeah and there's phenomenal. just so many like like metaphors and just so many like symbols and hidden meanings and stuff like that you can interpret mm -hmm. it what he's saying in so many different ways so yeah. I, I don't know if i was to ever like teach like an english class or something i would straight up have an assignment about like <laughs> reviewing yeah. like, like reading this even though it's explicit mm -hmm. but like, you know is what it is Whatever. i just think it's like this is it's basically just like it's poetic it's just it's yeah great. i mean we've got kids learning about shakespeare and aristotle <laughs> and like all these other great writers in history oh, i mean i want i in, in 40 years i want kids learning about kendrick lamar like they should and what he stood for how he stood for it how he portrayed his mm -hmm. thoughts into these works of art called yeah songs you know like it, it, he does it's the like, same thing shakespeare does yeah it's shakespeare. all art it's all art yeah and it's presented a different way but seriously like he's it's it's literally that good like it's it's worth mm -hmm. i was really looking into i mean yeah. i can't like i would agree so much to talk about like it's just it's i don't i don't know it's just a mm -hmm. great album <laughs> that's pretty much it's it <laughs> 10 know? out of 10 recommendation for me yeah for sure yeah. it's just it's amazing it's it's great it's it, did you think that it's his best album i mean from what yeah. you've listened to from him from what i've listened to yes that being said mm -hmm. like if we're going on like there's i think good kid mad city there's tracks in there i enjoyed more like some of those are more catchy songs you know but if, like i said if i'm just looking at it as like his best work just like i think it is but yeah you know, that's, that's a good that's a good question but yeah no like i said like i think mm -hmm. i i was just trying to have something vibey to listen to or something catchy like i put on good kid mad city but yeah. I was thinking mm -hmm. like was objectively you know his best album i think it'd be this one yeah i mean i would say the same thing my that i think that is his best album yes. but my favorite album is definitely good kid mad city by him yeah no i agree it's just it's kind of like how i i was saying like in last not last like two episodes ago when i put born center as my number one j cole it's more of just like a preference thing yeah but like oh yeah i can for sure admit that you know forest hill drive is his best album mm -hmm. yeah i would agree yep well that i mean have any more much... any more thoughts on this topic or pretty much sums up my opinions about the album i would agree honestly mm -hmm. um you trying to get our little um what's the word like outro questions going on yes sir all right i'll uh i'll hit you i'll hit you first you hit me first last time so i, I, okay, I hit yeah, you with yeah. my question first i got an nba question for you it's kind of it's kind of both it's kind of both okay. <laughs> um so we have lillard who is a rapper mm -hmm. but mainly a basketball player yeah and we have j cole who is a rapper but he's trying to make it into the league right and so uh, let's say this hypothetically okay mm -hmm. 
J. Cole makes it into the league and he's mm-hmm. he's I mean, what you would expect him to be, one of the last guys, you know, yeah. warms up the bench. But he he he's in the league. He's an NBA basketball player. Right. Would you say uh, I can't, I couldn't really figure out how to word this. Who who would you say would be the better hybrid, I guess? Would you say Lillard like, or J. Cole? Damian, is Damien a better rapper than J. Cole's a basketball player kind of type? Yes, 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 yes. That's tough. I mean, I haven't seen enough of J. Cole hoop, but from mm-hmm. what I have, he, honestly, he's a bucket. Like, he's hitting shots. Mm-hmm. My thing is, though, he's kind of old. I mean, it's a whole other topic. Like, obviously, talent-wise, there's probably – Talent wise, he probably realistically realistically wouldn't make it into the league. But you have to think like mm-hmm. a team like the Knicks or like the Hornets or somebody would get him mm-hmm. just for like publicity. Like I would do it. Sign him on like a cheap deal. Yeah. Just team that has J. Cole. And then whenever you're up by like 30 points, which for those teams is like never, but <laughs> if you ever are, you just stick him in. Yeah. And it's like three or something. That's gonna be talked about for weeks and you're gonna get so many like ticket sales and revenue. Like yes. business standpoint. Like J. Cole would bring a lot more to like NBA fans and I think Damien brings to rap fans, if if that makes sense. Yeah. In terms of like, publicity. But if we're talking about objective skill, then I feel like I mean Damien's made made tracks with Lil Wayne and like collab with some fairly big artists and stuff. So I'd say so mm-hmm. far Damien's definitely done a lot more in rap than J. Cole's done in basketball, but we'll have to that's I like yeah. that. No, because <laughs> mm-hmm. a lot of people are saying like rappers are trying to become basketball players and vice versa. So it's it's a funny topic. Yeah, but I mean, you kind of I mean, if if you were to look at this argument in a mathematical term and mm-hmm. you would say Damian Lillard is a 10 out of 10 basketball player and a three out of 10 rapper. Right. And then you could say J. Cole is a 10 out of 10 rapper, but. Uh, one out of ten basketball player, Lillard would win. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. I think Lillard's mm-hmm. accomplished more in rap, obviously. Um, yeah. Who knows when his when basketball is over? He'll probably even like whenever he retires, he'll probably make even more music. So like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question though. It's a fun little topic, for sure. So my question: We'll, uh, for- we'll have a. We'll have an episode on where we talk about J. Cole getting into the league. Because we oh, talked yeah, about that... that one day for like an hour, I feel like. <laughs> oh, at least. It's a funny, mm-hmm. it's a fun topic. We will for sure have yeah. that. My question for you is this one, I don't know. This one's back to the to pimp a butterfly topic, but I was just mm-hmm. as simple as do you think it is uh the best album in the last decade? Ooh. I've been thinking. Uh, about it. I know it's. I know for a fact it's top three. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and this doesn't even have to be. It could be any genre too. Like the last the decade, two thousand ten to now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I would. I would. Say, I would say so. Yeah. And well, there's even. Uh, you know. Oh man. <sighs> yes. Okay. Yes. I would say it's. It's hard to put my personal opinions aside. Mm-hmm. But as far as production and lyrics go, yes, yeah. I think I'd have to agree. I even see people. There's even people who say it's like the best album just of all time. There's some people who mm-hmm. think that. And honestly, I can't even call them that crazy. Like, 
I think yeah. it'll still be it's a fair argument impactful years, you know, like so. But no, I think I think it's probably top in the past decade. But yeah, yeah. It's if it's not one, it's top three, and I'll mm-hmm. debate anyone on that. Yep, but fair enough. We gotta have. We need to find like a guest on the podcast who disagrees with like all of our points, just so we can just argue with them. Mm-hmm. I DM'd a couple of guys on TikTok and asked them to really? hop on the pod. It's it's one of the they're one of the guys that would be like top ten rappers of this era or top ten songs and stuff yeah. like that, and they'd have you know their list and stuff. One of them, only one of them responded though, and he said no. He, he said he really? doesn't have time. He was a he's sixteen and he's a rapper from New York. Oh, I mean, that's a little SoundCloud kind of rapper. And yeah, yeah, hey. You gotta respect he, I mean, him. I guess, I guess he he doesn't have time. He's got other, he's got other priorities. So good for him. Be regretting that decision on some, we're you know the yeah. biggest podcast in the world, but you know, yeah, it is what it is. Um, mm-hmm. we'll find we'll find guests. We'll get someone on, for sure. Yeah, I think we should get. I feel like our episode like ten special or something. Yeah, get like even if it's just like somebody we know. I think that'd yeah. be pretty sick. I agree. Sure. All right. I think that wraps well, up episode four, boys. Yeah, that was a I good was one. like, that was heavy. Yeah, I liked it. That was pretty much the gist of it. Is listen to Kendrick Lamar. It's life. Yeah, get if you haven't yet, give to Pimp a Butterfly a listen. I mean, give it a, simple as that. Give it five listens. You know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Don't yeah. forget to DM us your suggestions or comment us and keep. Keep telling your friends about us. We will need all this. We we need all the support we can get. Uh, but we appreciate what we have gone so far. It's been so much fun. Yeah. And we're, we're gonna keep improving and get out better, even better mm-hmm. con. Um it's just gonna be a fun ride. So anybody who's up to this point, wait, we should have another comment thing. <laughs> oh, another one? Yeah. Uh oh, who who won the last one? I think what was it? Anybody, I don't remember. We got to post more on Instagram so people are remembered to comment. Yeah. Um, I need to be more active on social media for sure. <laughs> uh, me too, man. Um, comment. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Comment Kung Fu Kenny. Kung on, Fu Kenny. That's a good one. On, yeah. um, any one of our social media. Yeah. And it's got to be a comment. Don't don't DM it to me, nope. and don't text be- it to me, Cheyenne. Cheyenne texted me one of them, and I said it's it doesn't matter. You got to comment it. She never did. So that that I think the last one, last episode, still up for grabs. Up for grabs. But go watch. Go yeah, Kung Fu Kenny. Kung Fu Kenny, and we will give you a shout out, and it'll be very important for your social media because we have a really big influence. A big old juicy shout out for you. <laughs> It'll be worth it. All right. All right. Take it easy. Take it easy.